You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. My dog in the background is very concerned every time I leave the room to go top up my coffee. I'm just poking her head up right now. Oh, now she's back. Yeah, now she's back to sleep. She knows it's time to record the leaf spot, so she has at least an hour. <laughs> she knows she's got some time. Score! Johnny Toronto! I wonder if they can hear it on Long Island. Finally stayed on side. The late man Matthews. Great move. What a goal. Beauty. Austin Matthews. Matthews flipped it up for Marner. Mitch Marner centering. Hyman to the net. Scores. He took fast down and his shot trapped is in the corner of the ring. All right, here we go. Episode 40 of Not Another Leafs Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network at Ken Stapon, at McCarthy 95 at LeafsPod, at HockeyPodNet. And a reminder that this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. This weekend's UFC 261 is sure to be a can't-miss event. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. That's right, for this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. How do you win? If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge on the line than to test and compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. What do we want you to do? Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Brendan McCarthy with me on this Monday, April 19th. Brendan, how are you, brother? I'm good, Kenny. I mean, what a feel-good story, feel-good game for the Vancouver Canucks. You can't, you can't be mad at that. It just, you couldn't have scripted a better game. And after all they've been through the past month, kudos, kudos to Vancouver. I still yeah. thought Toronto played relatively well in many facets of the game, but 
kudos. And, of course, on the back of their captain, Bo Horvat, who had two snipes, including the game winner. So, huge, huge pat on the back to Van. That's just a great, great story. When you say that you can't be mad at it, I would beg to differ because I saw a lot of people very mad at the fact that the Toronto Maple Leafs lost this game. I'm in the camp that you are. Great story for the Canucks. I thought that the Maple Leafs were the better team on the ice. I thought they had substantially more shots. They had more possession. They had better shots. And it's what's kind of been the story all year for this team. Braden Holpe was the better goalie in this contest. Uh, Jack Campbell, uh, I didn't think he played badly, but you would like to probably have one of those two shots of Horvat by Horvat stay out of the net. Uh, kind of long-range seeing-eye shots where there wasn't any traffic or screens in front, and the Vancouver captain is able to beat Jack Campbell twice on the evening, uh, including the OT winner, and the Canucks get the win. Yeah, and you know what? This is what happens in Leafland. We pump up a guy so much, and then you know reality sets in. And I looked like the crazy one a couple weeks ago saying Freddie Anderson should still be the starter. <laughs> and everyone thought I had two heads, apparently. But here, here we are. I mean, you look back against the Winnipeg Jets, three goals in, on three shots in like three minutes or something, and then two very eerily similar goals, a uh, short side blocker yesterday given up on Bo Horvat. I thought he was probably the worst Leaf last night, which is, which is strange to say. But, I mean, he needs to be much better. And we know it's well documented that it's a, he's a very emotional goaltender. He takes it to heart. Obviously, he's beloved, but he's got to tweak a few things because, you know, you can go and set these records and have these feats and everything, but it's remaining consistent and, and being able to, to remain stable and not just have flashes of greatness, right? No, certainly. And he gave up three goals last night in 24 shots. That's a yeah. sub-900 save percentage. Uh, Toronto did outshoot Vancouver 39-24. So that gives you kind of an indication of how they were able to control the play. Uh, nice to see William Nylander find the score sheet in his return. A goal and an assist for Nylander. Uh, Austin Matthews also able to find the score sheet in the Maple Leafs loss. I believe that means it's uh, number 33 on Correct. the year for Austin Matthews. So he continues to run away with the rocket race at this point. It's basically his to lose. If he scores at a remedial pace for the rest of the season, he would probably still solidify the top spot in that race. Um, a little bit of a scary moment for Maple Leafs forward Zach Hyman as he takes a knee-on-knee hit from Alex Edler, uh, leaves the game. Edler gets uh, five minutes in a game misconduct for the hit. I want to gauge your thoughts on what you thought or what you saw on that play in particular. Very tricky situation because prior to that collision, I believe Edler was pushing on a three-minute shift. So he was obviously gassed, and the conditioning wasn't up to par, but still a really, really gutless play. And he most certainly will face supplemental discipline. He's supposed to have a hearing later today. I think he's got to have at least five games, Kenny. I don't know about you, but it was... Five I don't, games, I don't care. Wow. I don't care if you're gassed. Like that, that's where you can't use the I've been off for a month condition. Like you're, you're playing. And it's the tail end of the shift, but I was infuriated. And if, if the Leafs lose Hyman for an extended period of time, look out, because that just kind of changes the overall landscape of the lineup, as he's such a catalyst wherever he fits into the lineup. So I'm kind of, you know, 
scratching yeah, here go, to, to figure out the, what we got. But you're going off the top rope for sure. Um, Friedman and David Amber sort of did a little uh, look back on other supplemental discipline that's come yeah. from players. Uh, that have instigated knee-on-knee -knee contact. And I think the majority of them are generally one or two games. It's usually not more than that. Um, I think part of it also comes, the severity of the punishment will come from what the Maple Leafs announce. If Hyman's going to miss extended period of time, then that usually plays in. Uh, you yeah. hope to hear t later today that it's not serious, but whenever it's a knee, it can be super dicey. And as we've pointed out in the past, Hyman is a key cog in this Maple Leafs lineup, so missing him for any period of time would be extremely detrimental for this forward group. Now, the one thing I will say about Edler is he hasn't been suspended in the NHL since 2013, something that Friedman also pointed out, but he does have a history with sticking the knee out there. If you re remember back in the day, I believe it was the same year. It was either 2012 or 2013. Edler actually went knee-on-knee -knee with Eric Stahl, in international competition against Team Canada. And uh, Stahl was very, like, very hurt on the play. I was watching the clip this morning on YouTube, and it was the same thing. Sort of sticks the knee out, takes him out. I'm not certain that the motive was there from Edler, but you have to be very cognizant when you're going north, the other guy's going south, where you're going to stick that uh, extremity. Because right. the knee on knee can be, it could be, somebody's going down. Like, I've been involved with them on both sides and when I played in high school hockey. It's a terrible feeling when you get the guy with the knee because you know that how serious the injury can be. And it's an even worse feeling when you're the guy who gets the knee contact and then you're down on the ice wondering if you've torn your ACL, MCL, whatever the hell is going on. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a game or two. Uh, but it was it's just an unfortunate play. And a bang-bang play, like you said, he was out on the ice for a while and... That sort of stuff seems to happen when guys get fatigued. Sort of the mind starts going a little bit slower and you do things that you might not normally do. It's unnerving to think too because if you remember a couple years ago in the playoffs, I believe it was 2018 or 19, one of the series against the Bruins, where Hyman had an awkward collision. I believe it was a, a really bad lower body injury. It might have been a hamstring. Now, I'm not saying it's directly correlated, but he has had problems uh, like the lower body legs in particular. So... This isn't good, considering how they, they lost him for an extended period of time during the playoffs, and this is even before the postseason. So I'm sure we'll have an update in in the next couple hours. We're recording this around 10 a.m. on Monday, so we'll see. Crossing our fingers here. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, what did you make of the goal and or no goal call late in the third period? The Maple Leafs seemed to think that they had uh, poked it in on the net. It was a weird play. Couldn't really see from a definitive angle, although people online were, you know, posting all sorts of pictures where they were circling the puck. Uh, I tend to be in the camp that you couldn't see it clearly, and that's the letter of the law. I'm with is you. It has to be yeah. definitive. And yeah. as, as many, you know, circles as I saw on, online and sort of blowing it up, it didn't look clear to me that the puck was in the net, even no. if it was, and that the Maple Leafs were lobbying for it, obviously, to be what would have ultimately been the game-winning goal with about 20 seconds left in the third period there. I didn't see enough to overturn that play. No, and if, I believe it was before Matthews almost had another deceiving goal because his first goal, he was the only person in Rogers Arena that saw it go in. <laughs> he Just did not even pretend. Reaction. 
He, just he did like, not yeah. even pretend that he was going to keep playing <laughs> after he, he scored that. Immediately was like, everyone come to me. That is in the back of the net. But man, <laughs> yeah, he, he was, right. he was yeah. inches of, of making a similar looking goal on the other end. I believe it went uh, top post to the side post and out. So he could have had a pair too. And yeah, I, I didn't think the Leafs played horribly. Obviously, that the, it was in their favor considering Vancouver hasn't played in a month. And they were yeah. missing some key pieces, uh, especially some depth pieces. But, you know, they had ample opportunity. Simmons with that chance on the break. Marner had a break. But Braden Holpe turned into 2018 Cup Final Braden Holpe. He was spectacular last it night. Looks like Dominic Hasek. Like, with what that, was that uh, save, With that man? butterfly sort of roll over the top. Acrobatical you'll be seeing that save. one on the... Yeah, you'll be seeing that one on the highlight reels for a while. Oh, yeah. Very, very archaic goalie style. But he kept the puck out of the net. He was outstanding last night. The best Canuck by far. I think he was too. I think this is more of a impressive win for the Canucks. Would you agree? I know you can kind of throw hate at the Leafs saying, how did you not win? That was yours for the taking. But this is more of a heroic win for the Canucks. Like all kudos is going to the Canucks, I'd say. I think that the Leafs probably deserved a better result given... When you look at the advanced metrics, they were dominating possession. Uh, I know expected goals aren't worth a damn unless you put the goal in the back of the net, but they were dominating that area of the game as well. They thought they were just the better team, but as has been the story so many times this year, the team on the other side had the better goaltender on this night, and so Toronto isn't able to get the win. Uh, In large part, I thought that the Leafs probably deserved a better result and their loss to Winnipeg on Thursday as well. 5-2 the final in that one. I thought that one deserved to be a little bit closer as well, despite the Leafs missing two of their top players in Austin Matthews and William Nylander. Well, we've talked about this so much, how Winnipeg and Toronto match up so well on paper. And, man, Nick Ehlers, he doesn't get a, a ton of love other than, you know, fantasy he owners. Should. But he has been one of the streakiest, sneakiest studs in the Scotia North. And I'd say he's arguably arguably been one of the top three players in the league this year. That might be a bit of a stretch. Maybe right, not in the league. Right. Maybe Relax. not in the league. Relax. Yeah. Not I, even I, in the Canadian who's, division. Who hosts the Jets podcast? They, they probably love that. <laughs> the Skates and Plates podcast. Okay, maybe not the league, but I'd say in the Scotia North. Would you agree? One of the top three players in the Scotia North this year? A- absolutely not. Because no? The, okay. no, because you got Drysidle, McDavid, and Matthews who are dominating everybody. And I'd even put Mitch Marner above it. Has Eidler's been very impressive? Yes, but you know I hate these lists of ranking guys, you know, where they are versus other players in the league. I think that Eidler's has been a very effective forward for the Jets this year. Certainly I would put him as uh, probably, well, he's obviously one of the top three most valuable forwards on his team alongside Mark Shifley, and I would say probably Kyle Connor is more important to that group even than Blake Wheeler at this point. But when you're comparing them to transcendental talents, such as Matthews, Drysaddle, and McDavid, who likely could be playing in a league above the NHL's level of competition if that were available to them, I think it's so difficult to compare to those sorts of players who are putting up just absolutely insane numbers. Well, I don't know what that word you just said, transcendental. I'll have to go transcendental. To word of the uh, day yeah, I just galaxy brand new. Yeah, it's like when now, it, it transcends the normal level of talent. Okay. Well, look, I, I, obviously my, my argument gets buried when you mention Drysaddle, McDavid, and Matthews. But if you think of Ehlers, though, just to give him some love, like, I don't think he's missed yeah. a game. He's averaging, like, a point or two a game. And he's just been a fixture, man. Like, he hasn't, he hasn't like, missed any games due to injury or COVID protocol. He's just been consistent. 
So maybe not one of the most lethal scorers. I, I would but suggest he's the most consistent, one of the most consistent I, players in the North. I would suggest what you were probably trying to say is maybe one of the top three most underrated players sure. in the North Division. When you look sure. at, he doesn't get a ton of love outside of Winnipeg, but he's no. been outstanding this year for the Jets. Cheap contracts too. He's getting paid less than William Nylander, I believe. Uh, when you look at the points per game this year, he has about ten more points per game, or ten more points uh, on the season rather than Nylander. So he's been very effective for Winnipeg. Uh, they were effective the other night. The, yeah. the, the guys that we've been talking about, uh, the Winnipeg goals were uh, Ehlers, Connor, Shifley, Ehlers, Connor. Yeah, so, Ehlers was the Leafs' daddy, as you like to say. He almost had a hat trick the other night. So Yeah, who is your daddy and what does he do? Nikolai <laughs> Ehlers and Kyle Connor have been outstanding for that group. And they haven't skipped a beat, even though uh, Wheeler missed a little bit of time there. The Jets are going to be a tough out. And you know, even though Toronto, I thought, again, played well against Winnipeg, it was evident that they were missing... Austin Matthews and William Nylander in that contest. And despite outshooting the Jets 15 to 5 in the third, it's also been well documented what Winnipeg's goaltending is capable of. And when they get on a heater, it's going to be difficult to score. So even if you're outshooting the other team, the quality of chances needs to be there. And without having those top tier players who are able to get you an easy goal, it becomes really difficult when you start trailing a team like Winnipeg. I feel like you're on the same page as I am. I don't have any concern, even though Toronto has dropped four of their last five. But your tweet of the day was something that I was going to dial in on as well. But I'll let you read it because it was quite the interesting stat. Yeah, perspective from uh, TSN 1050's Leaf reporter Kristen Shelton. Uh, the Leafs have lost two games in regulation since March 19th. So they've earned 21 of a possible 28 points in the last month while tied for the second best points percentage in the NHL. This isn't their best stretch of the season, but the sky isn't exactly falling either. So good perspective from our TSN 1050 Maple Leafs reporter. And I agree, even though the Maple Leafs haven't had the more fortuitous results of late after going on what I believe was a six or seven game win streak. I'm not worried at all about this group because they're in the contest every night. And ultimately, it's not going to be the regular season success, but the postseason success that this team is going to be judged on. I'll stick with uh, hockey for my tweet of the day at Stat Center, giving TSN some love. Bo Horvat factored in all three goals last night, two goals, one assist. He's now tied for sixth among franchise centermen in goals. And just to give you an idea of who's in that mix, you got Trevor Linden, Sedin, Brendan Morrow. Yeah, elite company, Kenny. So, Bo Horvat, man. I'm surprised that he's that stat. far up the list, to be honest. Like yeah, he's young too. in his career. That's yeah. a that's an impressive stat. Didn't realize that he was climbing up the Canucks all time ranks that quickly. Let's move to around the league. All right, going to buzz through a couple things here before I get to the topic of conversation that I would really like to chat about. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights, they're rolling. They've won six straight. The Bruins also won four straight with their win over Washington. Uh, Zach Wierenski done for the year. He has surgery on a sports hernia, so he'll have to hang him up. Uh, the Avalanche have had their third game postponed due to their COVID outbreak. Um, three players currently on the COVID list, Grubauer, Byram, and Donskoy. So hopefully they can keep that contained before their postseason run. Um, the big story, though, Brendan, Patrick Marlowe. Right now, former Toronto Maple Leaf um, noted San Jose Shark stalwart is on the verge of NHL history tonight. 
Uh, he's going to play his 1,768th game, which will have him pass Mr. Hockey, Gordie Howe, for the most games played ever in NHL history. An incredible, incredible accomplishment from Patrick Marlowe tonight uh, against the Vegas Golden Knights. What are your thoughts on Marlowe's career and him passing Mr. Hockey? It's a remarkable feat, and every time I read it, I'm like, wow. Like, seriously? He's about to do that? I mean, he has just been an absolute pioneer in this league, and obviously what he did for the Leafs and, and Mitch and Austin was, was huge for their development. And, man, I, I, I can't, I'm going to try and tune into that game because – it's crazy how he's played in in three different decades, really, and and the teammates he's he's come across. He was drafted in what ninety seven. Uh, yeah, it was like it was the like 90s, 90, 98. Yeah, yeah. ninety seven, ninety eight. So it, it just incredible. And you know, we talk about beloved guys in the NHL. Patrick Marlowe is probably one of those guys. You know, we talk so much about Campbell. Like Marlowe is probably the most beloved guy in the league. Well, he's just well respected around the league. A tremendous yeah. career. Uh, at the height of his career, one of the biggest scoring threats in the NHL, uh, yeah. alongside Joe Thornton, a stalwart of those San Jose Sharks teams that were a perennial playoff threat for many, many years. And now to pass Mr. Hockey, uh, this to me is so impressive because of his ability to stay healthy. It is so difficult in the NHL. We always talk about you know the, how physical the game is and how difficult it is to go an entire season without missing a game. I believe this guy is now on you know 700 or 800 games straight without missing a contest. And that's it's the sort nice. of thing that you need to do if you're going to try to pass Mr. Hockey because you can't be missing any games due to injury. No. Now Marlowe's knocking on the door, and I feel like that's the most impressive part is the best availability we talk about all the time is availability. And Marlowe has been available for his respective franchises on a consistent basis throughout his career. And just uh, hats off to him. Likely a record that will never be broken. And you think of like the different training he's kind of experienced and endured with different teammates over the past 20 years. I mean, just the, the approach and the preparation for a game and the, you know, the different styles of players he's played with. And he's just able to stay physically fit and able to still compete with these young guys that, you know, he's in his what, mid 40s? And he's just. He's got a cryo tank in his bathroom at home. <laughs> he so is, like, he is get an that iron body man. recovering. Yeah. He is Robert Downey Jr. He just will not stop. No, it's been an outstanding, outstanding career for Marlowe. And you got to feel like I, I would not be surprised to see him come back for another season. But you got to feel after this accomplishment that this might be uh, the end of the road for Patty. Just, uh, so. just hop on your horse and ride off into the sunset on the top of the mountain for most NHL games played. Just such an impressive career. I can't say enough about this player, what he meant to the NHL, and what he's meant to the Toronto Maple Leafs young players when Lou Lamorello brought him in. I know he got a little bit of a bad rap because he was aging and the contract was a little bit rich, but that is not an indictment against his character in any means. He's no. just been the consummate professional, and hats off to him for this accomplishment. Let's uh, move to the library bar. Park, so I jacked the keys to her fucking car. 
and crashed that piece of shit Then stepped Guess away it was Romance is misery, so much for memories And now I'm headed to the penitentiary See me on TV, the next cop series I am a danger, I guess I should have did something about Alright BMAC, uh, as always, you like the morning drinks So who you got at the bar today? I'm going to go with Sam Bennett, newly acquired Florida Panther at the trade deadline. I was able to cover his debut the other night, Saturday nights, and he had two assists, five hits against Tampa Bay Lightning. Florida and Tampa, man, that was a fun game to watch. They're going to be uh, fun in the postseason. And when was the looked... last time those two teams were relevant? Yeah, seriously. Like, the, like the, where the cross-state rivals were actually I know. rivals. Yeah, exactly. So... Huge for Bennett, man. He just looks revitalized and just refreshed and enjoys some sort of equivalent to the library bar in Sunrise, man, because uh, he had quite the debut and certainly made an impact. And he's playing with Duclair and Huberto, so much better than uh, where he was playing in Calgary. No, it's the fresh uh, fresh scenery sometimes can do a lot for a player. Yeah. Um, great coaching down there in Joel Quenville. The team is on an absolute heater. Sometimes to get out of a losing atmosphere in a difficult locker room, like uh, what Calgary is going through, and then get interjected into a winning culture that's already established, uh, is a great landing spot for him. Also, not to mention playing Florida or playing hockey rather in uh, in Florida that's is nice. not the worst place to end up. And the, certainly, the bars are open down there; they're uh, ready for business and gearing up for a deep playoff run. So, great landing spot for Bennett. Um, I often choose Toronto Raptors for the library bar and but this is a toronto-based podcast so i don't have no shame doing that i'm gonna go with general manager bobby webster um the raptors were fined twenty five thousand dollars on saturday nights for violating the nba's league policies for basically reporting injuries and rest um I don't think it's against the rules what they're doing right now from what i understand it was just a bureaucratic screw-up where the paperwork didn't go through but basically, it's been it's very evident now that the Toronto Raptors are trying to tank the rest of this season. They're resting key players out of the lineup. Last night, I believe it was Siakam, uh, Lowry, OG Ananobi, Fred Van Fleet. So four of their five starters were sitting out of the game. But despite the fact that they are intentionally trying to lose to get better drafting position, the team keeps winning. <laughs> they beat yeah. Oklahoma City last night who in the tank off like nobody tanks better than Oklahoma City i believe they have 27 you know f- draft picks in the first and second rounds over the next 7 years and they're in the basement they've lost i think 9 of 10 in the last little while so they're writing the book on tanking right now but Toronto keeps winning they've won 3 straight now i believe they jumped Chicago and Washington now for 10th place in the east although those teams have a couple of games in hand and they are knocking on the door for the NBA's play-in series. So despite the general manager and organization's best efforts, the team is not doing what the te- what the management wants it to do. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, Bobby Webster's got to be sitting there thinking, you know, I'm resting, you know, four out of five of our starters. If you pull Gary Trent Jr., that'd be five out of five. But the bench guys are getting it done. Last night it was Chris Boucher teeing off in the as the mayor of Montreal against uh, Oklahoma City. So, remains to be seen what happens down the stretch here, but Bobby and Messiah have to be scratching their head, thinking, how is this team performing without any NBA regulars? 
Yeah, it's funny because they obviously intentionally rest their studs. And then here's Paul Watson Jr. dropping 30 points, a career Utah high. Utah wants like, an Stop. Ahmed. Like Utah dropping 21. I'm like, they're probably like, stop doing that. It's like an 09 when, you know, obviously management was trying to tank the lease to get John Tavares. And they got Martin Gerber for March and April. And they went on a 10-game winning streak. And they fell short of uh, trying to solidify the eighth seed. It's like, just pick. Are you going to tank? Or are you going to, like... Make a decision, and everyone's got to buy in because I don't know what the Raps are doing right now. The one thing I will say is that if you're going to win, at least win with your young guys in the lineup because these are valuable minutes. I've been very impressed with Malachi Flynn's play of late. He's, he's been, been running the offense. He hasn't been turning the ball over. Uh, decent production on the offensive end, but he's really um, learning how to read those NBA defenses and run the point for the Raptors, which is going to be important moving into the future. And it's been the bench guys who are seizing the opportunity. Uh, Freddie Gillespie solidified a second 10-day contract. He's looked great playing at the five for for uh, Toronto. I was gonna, almost said for the Leafs because I got the Leafs on the mind. But he's looked great playing for Toronto. Like you said, Watson, Watsonabe seizing the opportunity the other night. It's these guys who are playing for their next contract. Yep. They don't want to tank. They're trying to show what they got and that they can. They have the chops to be consistent, regular NBA players. And so, if you're going to win with those guys in the lineup playing, you know, the majority of the minutes, no problem with that. But if you're putting in, you know, Van Fleet and Lowry just to obliterate the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are doing basically the same thing, I don't think that's necessary in this point in time. And I understand why the organization is resting those players. So, for you, is it Boucher at the bar? <laughs> it's uh, well, it's Bobby Webster at the bar. It's Bobby, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, because he can't figure out how to get his team to lose despite okay. resting everybody at the lineup. But Boucher could be at the bar after what was a career night for him last night. He was just draining three pointers uh, late in the game with the late uh, put back to put the Raptors over the top. What you got on the docket for the rest of the day here, at Borowski? I'm covering Bryce Harper's Phillies later today, 7 p.m. first pitch. And uh, I've been meaning to ask you this question before we take off. Does peanut butter deserve to be on waffles? Does it deserve to be on waffles? Yeah, like is it? I, is I it like weird? I would not be I would not be offended if somebody wanted to do that, but I wouldn't do it myself. I think like I understand great. that's a I understand that's a breakfast condiment. So it, you like you can put that on then on other breakfast items. I think, and it's it's going to be acceptable, but I am not a big peanut butter guy. I don't like how it sticks to the inside of my mouth. It's just like it's not. It, it doesn't. It doesn't do it for me. My sister and my dad, big peanut butter fans. I could definitely see them putting on the waffles, but uh, for me, when I get the waffle, it's a uh, like I like doing the Belgium waffle style. Lots of fruit, maybe strawberries, banana, blueberries, a little bit of whipped cream, Bougie right on syrup. top. Yeah, Bougie, just so much Bougie. sugar, just a sugar overdose to kick off my Sunday morning. Well, the reason That's I asked I like is because it. it was a heated debate on the Seattle Mariners broadcast yesterday, and they were doing player features, and, and one of the infielders said, oh, yeah, like, I think they were talking about breakfast items, and he's like, yeah, like, every day, like, I'll put peanut butter on my waffles, and, you know, the broadcast team was like, what? Like, they were all, like, stunned. I'm like, it's not that unorthodox. Like, I will put I'm peanut stunned butter that. on waffles and pancakes. Like I'm personally stunned that a professional athlete is eating waffles for breakfast every day. Yeah, if they're playing at 1 p.m., just have a couple breakfast burritos, peanut butter, waffles, and... I was like, they, a couple breakfast they, burritos? Who yeah, are you, Bryson DeChambeau? Yeah, like if you're, you know, if you're uh, a big boy, like, uh, I don't know, like Bartolo Colon or something. <laughs> <laughs>
you need to <laughs> yeah, have he, a he huge eats, he eats whatever he wants. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Anyways, thank you everybody for listening to this episode of Leaf Spot. Throw us a follow on Twitter at Ken Stapon, at McCarthy 95 at Leaf Spot, at HockeyPodNet. And we'll catch you next time. <laughs>